0: Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Toleric Community Church. Hello TCC, thanks for joining us, beloved in the Lord. You know, I cannot believe that next week is Thanksgiving week already. I mean, this time of year always just seems to go by so fast and I just wanted to slow down and relish it and live in it for a while. And as a child, I wanted this time to go by quickly to to get to Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving and then, boom, we're on to Christmas. And some of you, I'm sure, are already on to Christmas. I've been hearing some Christmas music. I've been seeing some Christmas ads. And I don't want to rob you of your joy, uh, but so often I think that we can be so forward-thinking that we ignore our present In Christianity, we do have gratitude for what we have not yet received because we have assurance from God that we will receive it. But primarily, gratitude is an expression not of what God will do, but of what God has done and is doing. G.K. Chesterton said, When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. And if our eyes are solely focused on the horizon, then we are likely to take things for granted rather than with gratitude. This is such a valuable season to stop and focus and offer our thanks and praise in the moment. The future is overstuffed as is. It is filled with our hopes and our wants and our plans and our worries and our anxieties. And that's all the more reason why our present needs to be filled with gratitude. So open up your Bibles to Psalm 84. As we are approaching the end of our sermon series on the book of Psalm, we are turning our attention to psalms of thanksgiving and praise. Today we're going to be looking specifically at thankfulness for God's presence and blessing as expressed through his church. So Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. How lovely is your dwelling place, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Do you like architecture? Have you ever been blown away by a building, just its its beauty or grandeur or engineering? My sister lived in New York City for many years, and she would sometimes express annoyance at the tourists who would oftentimes stand in the middle of the street just looking up and gawking at the skyscrapers. And my sister was like, yes, they're tall, get out of the way. Uh, But a lot of places don't have skyscrapers, and they are engineering marvels, and some of them are quite beautiful. And I remember when the fires broke out at the Notre Dame Cathedral, people were crying. And not just because of the historical significance, but also because of the beauty of the thing itself. This beautiful building was going up in flames. It's possible for us to marvel and love and even swoon over buildings, but that's not what's really going on here in Psalm 84. The temple that they're talking about is grand, it's imposing, it's marvelous, it's costly, it's beautiful, but that's not what they're talking about. In the musical My Fair Lady, there's a song called On the Street Where You Live, and Pastor Ryan's going to sing it for us. <laughs> no, uh, listen to the lyrics. I have often walked down the street before, but the pavement always stayed beneath my feet before. All at once am I several stories high, knowing I'm on the street where you live. Are there lilac trees in the heart of town? Can you hear a lark in any other part of town? Does enchantment pour out of every door? No, it's just on the street where you live. And oh, the towering feeling, just to know somehow you are near. The overpowering feeling that any second you may suddenly appear. People stop and stare, they don't bother me. For there's nowhere else on earth that I would rather be. Let the time go by, I won't care if I can be here on the street where you live. That's really the essence of Psalm 84. It's not about the street. It's about who lives on the street. It's not about the temple. It's not about the building. It's about who dwells in the temple. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God, for the living God. The loveliness of the dwelling place is not the gold or the stone or the architecture. No, the loveliness of the dwelling place is about who dwells there. God's real presence resided in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. When the temple is first dedicated, it says this in Second Chronicles, "...when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple." The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, His love endures forever. And God says this, I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Now that's actually conditional. God clarifies that in verse 19. But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel for my land which I have given them and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why he brought all this disaster on them. See, the temple is an expression of a relationship. The glory of the temple is the presence of God. That's why the psalmists love it. God's presence, that God is entering into relationship with man. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Why? Because they are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. The temple was in Jerusalem, but not everyone lives in Jerusalem. So they had to travel. They had to travel to get to God's presence. Now, obviously, God is omnipresent. His spirit is everywhere, and he's always among us in some fashion. But here in human history, God chooses to uniquely display his glory and majesty and power and presence in the temple. So the picture that we have is a pilgrimage to God's presence. Now, thankfully, we don't have to travel anymore. The new covenant is superior to the old covenant. If we are in Christ, because of Jesus' atoning work on the cross, we are counted as holy, and so his spirit can dwell in us. And so collectively, we make up the temple, as it says in Ephesians. Individually and collectively, locally and universally, we are the temple of God in which the Spirit of God dwells. But we are still on a pilgrimage. We're still on a pilgrimage. Just as God was omnipresent, but more acutely present in the temple, God is present in us, but we are moving, we are traveling toward a deeper and deeper experience of God's presence. Here's where we're heading for. Revelation chapter 21. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. No temple. This is a deeper, richer, and even more real presence of God. And we will dwell there, and praise God there, and our hearts ought to be set on that pilgrimage. Church is a little model of that pilgrimage, like traveling to the temple, we all gathered together like all the nations and all the peoples coming before God's throne to praise God and worship Him and give Him thanks and glory and honor and hear His words and experience His presence in a tangible way. That's so important on our pilgrimage. You know, I understand that the church is not a building, but it is a congregation. That's what the Greek word means. And you don't congregate alone. Hebrews tells us, don't cease meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This is important, if for no other reason, because in this pilgrimage, we will pass through the valley of Baca. That's what our psalm said. And that can be translated as the valley of weeping or the valley of tears. Now, there's some disagreement as to what specific valley the psalmist had in mind here. But from the text, it's clearly pointing us to a dry and barren place that we must travel through to get to the temple. And then it says this, verse 6, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each person appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Last week in North Campus, in the middle of our service, there was the sound. It went shh. And people were looking around going, what is that? What's, what's wrong with our sound system? And it just got louder and louder. You know, it was the rain. It was the rain. Our roof leaked a little. It's okay, it, it only got Nick Falcone. Uh, you know, he's nominated for deacon, so maybe that's God's anointing. I don't know. Uh, but I, I was thinking about that sound. We are pilgrims, we are sojourners, and our world is spiritually dry and barren. And the church should be a respite for weary travelers. In the valley of Baca, the church should be a place of springs, an autumn rain that covers our dryness with pools, so that we can go from strength to strength till we all appear before God in Zion. And as we enter into this place, I want us to always hear sound of water the sound of hope the sound of life you know the church is a gift God gives to us Uh, just the language that we use how many times have you read in our TCC prayer updates thank you TCC family for the outpouring of love for the outpouring of generosity we need that when we're walking through the valley of Baca as some in our midst are you know our thoughts go to the Albers family and the van beek family and others and i hope you are feeling that outpouring i hope that all of us when we walk through the dry and barren valley that when we come into this place we hear the rain you know god blesses us in many ways but one of the main ways is through his church verse 9 look on our shield O god look with favor on your anointed one the church is the bride of christ we have favored status with god and God does bless us. Verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. How many times in 2020 have you heard disparaging comments about this year? It's been constant. Ugh, 2020 is the worst I'm done with this year. Bring on 2021. We've had the virus. We've had fires. Schools are closed. Businesses are closed. The Olympics were canceled. The election was awful. Kobe Bryant died. Sean Connery died. Alex Trebek died. 2020 is just the worst. Now, a lot of that is sort of unjust, but I do think that for a lot of people, this has been a hard year. And so it's probably even more important this year to stop and reflect and how God has bestowed his favor, and how he has blessed us. You can think about your own life, but but I want to reflect on, on today, just as a church, as a local church, th- despite the hardships, I think we have seen tremendous blessing and favor from God. God has been our shield. He has protected us. And throughout the various stages of this, I think we have seen God's favor. It was hard when we were just online, but, but through that We've bolstered our online presence, and we've seen our online viewership greatly expand and grow. It's allowed our members to feel more a part of our services. It's helped our missionaries feel better connected to our church. It's reached audiences that don't even have a connection to our local church. And then we went outside, we met there, blared our worship music to our neighbors, and we heard from so many of you that that was a great time and a real blessing. I can speak personally on that. You know, I loved our time out there. I I didn't think I would, but to have all of us gathered together was great. And I was able to just sit out there in the audience. And that's kind of rare when you have the job that I do as the pastor of preaching and media. See, normally we have our two services. So we're rehearsing in one campus while the sermon is going on in another campus. And we got sound and slides and light and video streaming. And so I'm usually plugged in somewhere. And so that was a big blessing, just to be able to sit and be led by the worship team. That was a blessing. And we've seen God lead. We've seen his provision. We were thinking one way, but God seemed to say, well, how about this? Pastor Steve became our senior pastor. Pastor Ryan came on board, and we got other new additions coming. God is leading, and God is providing for this church. We've seen baptisms. We've seen profession of faith. We've seen new members and committed disciples in our ranks. We've seen growth. We've seen maturity. You know, tomorrow night is our congregational meeting. And there'll be some ministry updates and some mission and vision development and some budget talks and some nuts and bolts things. But what I really want us to walk away with when we come out of those meetings is an overwhelming sensation of, man, has God been good to this church or what? Because I think he has been. I think we've experienced his blessing and his favor even in 2020. And the health of a church is so important because it's a crucial means by which people experience the presence of God. We want to truthfully declare, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. That's not a statement about a building. That's a statement about a person. That comes from experiencing the presence of God. That's a profession of love. It's love language. Let the time go by. I won't care if I can be here on the street where you live. We want TCC to be that for people. That our church is a means by which people come to experience God. That every Sunday we leave here knowing God better and loving Him more. Here's what church should look like. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. That's what we did, isn't it? That's what we do every Sunday. We shout for joy to the Lord. We come before him and worship him with gladness and joyful songs. Well, thank you, worship team, for leading us into that so that we can experience the presence of God. What else do we do? Verse 3, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And that's what we do here to hear from God's word so that we know who God is and know who we are in light of him. Well, thank you, God, for your word and your proclamation so that we can experience your presence. And we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name, not because of the building, but because of who it is that dwells among us. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. All generations. We see that at TCC. And that's the other part of church. That we experience the presence of God by and through one another. The temple and church is not the only means by which we experience God. God's spirit as believers dwells in us. But in our psalm it says this, Verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun, S-U-N, a sun. Quite the picture there. The sun gives us light, gives us warmth, gives us life. There's no life without the sun. Revelation says, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. That's where we're going. That's where we're heading on our pilgrimage to a world without darkness. Jesus tells his followers, you are the light of the world. Oh, our world is dark. Our world is dark. Yet we have light because God dwells in us, because we have his spirit. But maybe our light isn't as great or as grand of a source of light as the sun. Maybe all we got is a candle or a flashlight. And doesn't really compare to the sun we can grow we can grow to become more like jesus our light will grow too because of that but that's not the only way to add light as we all gather together as we enter his gates as we come into his courts we bring all our light together and it shines forth and the shadows sleep and even our small light becomes more like the sun in brilliance and we can see god better And that's what we want to do when we gather in God's house. We want to bring light to our darkness. We want to bring water to our dry valleys by experiencing the presence of God. And that's a good thing to be thankful for. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.